Happy Easter and glad you could join us for Open Life this Easter online. Uh, I want to jump right in and look at Jesus' last words as recorded by one of his followers, Matthew. In, in Matthew 28, 20, he, he concludes it with this. And be sure of this, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let that, let that sink in for a moment. Jesus' final words, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That should comfort us, even though I know we're completely and understandably overwhelmed right now in this season of life. Uh, maybe you're homeschooling for the first time ever. If you're a parent with some kids and you know, oh man, this is going to go for the rest of the school year. And, uh, you know, it's not so much math uh, in our home, although when they sit there and draw boxes and I'm like, just stack those numbers and add them up, bro. You know, but that's not allowed, I guess. Um, it's the speed in which they're doing their schoolwork in our home. Uh, we sit down, start getting to work, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're done. And now we have the rest of the day of chaos. It can be overwhelming to manage our work schedule, their school schedule. Speaking of work, maybe that's overwhelming. The You're looking at maybe you've had to uh, figure out how to work remotely for the first time ever. And you're trying to figure out the computer programs how do I secure this and not get Zoom bombed? Or maybe you've looked at work cuts, uh, furloughing, uh, and you're just, how are we gonna financially move ahead from here? Maybe just essential worker, you're out there on the front lines and you're concerned about your own safety and whether you're equipped to do whatever you're doing and, and stay healthy. Some of you I know are, are wrestling with your house. Like, how do I make this payment? Because I'm not working. How do I keep my car because I'm not working? Uh, we've lived to the edge of our finances and now we're feeling what that can, can do. And so it gets overwhelming. Even just going for groceries, we were making sugar cookies and realized, oh my goodness, we need powdered sugar for the, the frosting. I say we loosely, don't worry. Uh, but And it was like, Powdered sugar, you can't just hop in the car, drive to the grocery store, buy this powdered sugar. Is powdered sugar even on the shelf? How do I mask up? How do I get home? How do I disinfect it? We're in that mode and it's just like the weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Life has changed and we're never gonna forget Easter 2020 because of where we're at. But the good news is we have access to true life we can live life to the full with peace of mind, full of hope. And it's because Jesus is with us right now. In fact, um, we just finished a series that uh, really today is the conclusion of, I guess you would say. And it, it was called Straining to Find Hope that was inspired a year ago from an image of someone sinking in quicksand. And here's the reality. I think we're all feeling like we've just stepped into quicksand and at times we feel alone. But the good news is we can always reach out our hand because there's somebody reaching down to us. And that is God by sending his son, Jesus. He's reached down to us and we can grab a hold of him. It's never too early 
<laughs> you see your ankles getting in the quicksand and your knees and you're like, well, I'm not going to panic yet, you know. Uh, reach out then, you know, or maybe you're like, I'm, in, I'm to my waist, I'm to my chest. I can't wiggle out of this. And maybe you're a late reacher. It doesn't matter. It's not too early or too late to reach out and grab a hold of Jesus to find hope and peace of mind again for your life. In fact, today we're going to talk about what you need to know. <laughs> Ultimately, what do you need to know today? Our big idea is you're not alone. You're not alone. You need to know that this Easter. You're not in this by yourself. Every moment of Jesus' life, every promise fulfilled in the Old Testament prophecies that he lived out, every miracle he did that you can read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every astonished person watching the ministry of Jesus and wonder that surrounded his life, every teaching was to help us understand this reality that God the Father, our Heavenly Father, gave us His Son as a gift for us to reach out and grab a hold of. Listen to this, John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through Him. Um, I can't help but, but think about this, this Easter. Uh, this is not the Easter that God all of a sudden has become mad at you. And he's like judging God. He's the angry God at you. No, we're not under the judgment of God because a pandemic is around us. That ended a long time ago. He went to a lot of effort to send his son Jesus, not to judge us, but to save us. God sent his son to save the world. He took our judgment. He took our penalty, right? He did not do this so that we could live in fear of judgment again. He did it so that we could live with the promise of eternal life and life to the full right now. While Easter Sunday might not look like it ever has before, as we're in homes and meeting online, um, this is not the last chapter of the church. It's not the last chapter of this book. And the Easter story might have looked like the last chapter. Jesus is in the grave. We could be doubtful. But he did this so that everyone could believe, right? Everyone needs to know that they're not alone. So how does this Easter story play out? Uh, we've been reading it this week. I hope that you were able to tune into the devotionals or maybe the Good Friday service and, and you've walked through the whole Easter story. But if you haven't had the chance to check in on the app or the website or the Facebook group, uh, Good Friday service, let me catch you up. Jesus is falsely accused and arrested of blasphemy, right? He's judged. Um, he's mocked. He's crucified on a cross uh, with other criminals. Jesus' body is, is taken down and buried in a heavily guarded tomb, uh, which would be like a cave with a big stone rolled in front of it. And the followers of Jesus thought their savior was going to reign like physically, and it ends up he's, he dies. 
and they're they're confused. They're uh, wondering what's next. It's the darkest moment of their life. And then on the third day, and kids, I know you've got some some crayons out because you've been looking around for uh, some Easter eggs probably today. Anyway, uh, and you're already doing that, but grab another piece of paper because I can't wait to see you draw this next passage. Luke 24, 1 through 12. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered. <laughs> that They remembered that he said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up, ran to the tomb to look. Stopping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. There's three things we can do this Easter to know that, that we're not alone. And the first, remember what Jesus said. Remember what Jesus said. Let's face it, the resurrection is puzzling. I mean, it's not every day somebody raises from the dead. And we see this story and imagine wrapping your mind around that. And they could not in their natural ability, in their natural mind, they were puzzled standing there with an empty tomb in front of them. And Jesus had taught about this moment a number of times. And he had told the disciples that he would be crucified, that he would raise from the grave on the third day. But this seemed like another parable to them, probably in the moment Jesus was teaching it. He would teach in these parables and they wouldn't understand unless the Holy Spirit illuminated the reality to them. And so it, it just puzzled them. That's how it landed. But in a moment, the angel of the Lord said, remember, bam, their minds were opened. And they remembered what Jesus said. And when the opportunity to, to look at the words of Jesus comes to us, when we can open up a Bible on our phone or on a tablet or a physical Bible and we can read it and all of a sudden something gets illuminated to us, it's such a gift. And these women receive a gift from the angel of the Lord. And I want to extend this challenge to you today. I want you to remember, as we're reading these scriptures, I want you to remember today that you are not alone. 
And if that leaves you like the disciples, like it says Peter standing there wondering what is happening, if you're wondering right now, you're in the right place. You get to explore the teachings of Jesus today, look into them and find love and not judgment, right? We get to look into them and see this expression of love from God by sending his son to take on death for us. Let's continue. Luke 24, 13 says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and, and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently while you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all of the things that have happened there the last few days. Well, what things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our, our, uh, our group of his followers were at his tomb early in the morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah could have to, would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on. But the, they begged him to stay the night. They said, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open. They recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said the Lord was really risen. He appeared to Peter and then two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as uh, he was breaking the bread. Man, the second thing we can do this Easter to know that we are not alone is this. Open our eyes. 
We need to open our eyes. The eyes in this context represent ultimately the heart, right, of these people. When it says the eyes and this command to open the eyes is like, open up your heart. Like grasp that heart throb pump that was burning inside of you just a second ago. And the same, this is what happens when we read the scriptures. This is what I'm praying is happening to you right now, that that heart burn of the truth of scripture would awaken your spirit today so that you could have this conviction man i'm not alone we we just it's like we know something's up but why are we not responding to the gospel these men on their way to emmaus had this same challenge they had forgotten what they were told they had forgotten what they had learned in the old testament scriptures and it was Jesus that was come to conquer the grave by going to the grave and three days later rising. That's what the Messiah was to do. Not to reign as an earthly king, not to sit upon an earthly throne. He was going to sit in heaven on a throne. And God was in the rescuing business then by sending Jesus to the grave. And God's still in the rescuing business right now by allowing us to burn our hearts by reading this text today. We should just be moved to no end. Our eyes be open. So I pray that. I pray that your heart would burn today, that your eyes would be open today, that you would have full comprehension of what God has done for you as we read these scriptures, because that is what Jesus did, and it allowed these men to open up their hearts as he explained the scriptures. When we wake up to bad news every day, we look at our phones or we start surfing social media and we just get news after news and it's doubt after doubt and worry and fear, we can be overwhelmed again, just completely helpless in our feelings. But if we will focus on the promises of scripture, it'll take us from that loss to a mindset of our promise and our hope, and we'll have a deep conviction, a hope that we're not alone and that we can face anything that comes at us. Jesus went to the cross for that. Jesus rose from the grave for that. Let's continue. Luke 24, 36 through 47. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled, frightened, and thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he, he showed them his hands and his feet, and still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Then uh, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it, and they watched. <laughs> then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. 
And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Wow. Wow. What a hopeful message, right? The final thing we can do this Easter, because we know we're not alone, is we can be filled with joy and wonder. We get to be like this byproduct of knowledge of the scriptures being illuminated to us once again, of our minds being open, our eyes being opened, us remembering is we get joy and wonder. I pray that over you today. Joy and wonder. No one's judging uh, you for experiencing doubt. No one's judging you for experiencing fear. These disciples, with Jesus standing right in front of them, faced fear and doubt. But what ended up happening is they were in a place of just awe, disbelief, joy, wonder. The disciples found that in their relationship with Jesus. And I pray you can find that through a relationship with Jesus. If we allow Jesus to open up our hearts and minds, then we're going to have illuminated to us the strength and foundation that we can stand on in such a time as this right here. That's this Easter. This Easter for us could be filled with hope right now. There's no more important time in history to stand on our hope. There's no more important message than Jesus to give us this hope and the knowledge that we are not alone. Man, let's go back to what Matthew wrote. That disciple, that follower of Jesus penned this. And let's go to verse 16. We're going to reverse a little bit from where we launched today. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And surely, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is not just a promise for these disciples. This is a promise for the end of the age to know that Jesus is not going to leave us alone. He's with us to the end of the age. You're not home alone right now. Christ is with you. I mean, we're going to battle doubts the same as those, the very disciples. This is the foundation of the church, the people who carried this message out until such a time as this right now started right here. And even then, there was still doubt that remained. But Jesus empowers us to press through our doubts, to open our minds, to believe, to open our eyes, to walk out ministry in joy and wonder. God allows our minds to open. And I pray as we read through these scriptures today that you felt your heart burning, that you understand it was God's son that landed on that cross. 
and that was put in that grave that resurrected from the, de the dead three days later for you. That's what we celebrate today on Easter. And because of that, we're able to obtain this promise that we will never be alone, but it's not ours to hoard. It's not ours to hold on to. This message of hope, we have to get out there and share because there are neighbors that feel alone. There are people who don't know where to point their trust. And I am so excited that we have the opportunity to illuminate our minds today to, to know that if we put our faith in Jesus, we have an open door to a full life, to peace, to hope, and that overwhelmed can dissipate. I'm praying that over all of our lives. It's never too early or too late to call on Jesus, to reach out and be lifted up from the place that we're in. Our response this Easter, our Easter response is we have to put our trust in Jesus. Have you done that yet? Have you, maybe you need to renew your faith in Jesus. Everything that's going on around us has made you realize, oh, I got to get my life right. Why is this overwhelming me so desperately? <laughs> when you get your life right with Jesus, all of a sudden you realize I'm not alone. I'm filled with hope. It overflows to those around me. And I want to pray that into your world. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right now, today is your day. You have the opportunity to grab a hold of this hope and this understanding that no matter what you walk through, even if your presence, like you're the only person physically in the room, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. I want you to confess him as Savior today. And we're going to pray that prayer. And then I want you to say yes to serving your neighbors by sharing hope with them. Because the world around us needs it like never before. God, I thank you for this Easter. I thank you for the opportunity we have to, to open up your word. And that your word, once again, your words could open our eyes, and open our minds, and allow us to see the, the presence and hope and life we could have in you. And so for some today watching this, they have never made that decision to invite you into their life and be their Lord and Savior. And I pray they would do that right now by saying, Jesus, come into my life. I need you as my Lord and Savior. Open up my eyes to see you're alive in me and alive in the world around me. Give me hope. Give me this peace you said you wanted to leave with me in these scriptures. And I pray that I could live for you and grow in a relationship with you from this day forward. Change my life, Jesus. And God, for all of us who have prayed that prayer, may we take this hope that is so portable and that has lasted all these ages. We're here for such a time as this to tell people around us that they're not alone, that you love them, that you're reaching out. And I pray that people would reach up and be rescued from the overwhelming reality of the life we're living in right now. God, rescue us, heal our land, touch these diseases coming at us, and that, Lord, we would not let this be the Easter of COVID-19. We would let this be the Easter of our hope. We put our trust in you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.